Aloha! You're listening to the Rolling Vets Podcast, a podcast by veterans, for veterans, and civilians alike. I am Lucas Monster, co-host, and I'm flanked by my Marine veteran peer, Chris Ellis. We would like to extend an invitation to you, the listener, to journey inside of our realm to discover what it means to be a rolling vet. And we are back. Fuck yeah, we are. That actually felt really good to do. We've been on a little hiatus, you know, a lot of things have happened, uh, you know, a lot of shaking, a lot of hooking and a jabbing, you know, slashing and a stabbing going on over here. Um, Chris, would you like to update our listeners on on uh, what you've done since our hiatus? Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, gentlemen out there, but I'm taken now. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I tied 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 the knot. I spent the last uh, last week getting getting married in Nashville, Tennessee. Running the streets, drunk as fuck, going to every single bar and drinking all their fucking Jaeger they have. It was a good time. It was a good yeah. time. Congratulations, man. Thank you, fucking, sir. Yeah, you know, you're a taken man. Uh, now you can't commit adultery or else you get kicked out and nothing will happen to uh, your significant <laughs> other. <laughs> but yeah, man, we fucking took a little break. I finished up my semester at school. And I hadn't had some time off in a while, so I was like, fuck it, we need to take a couple weeks off. Take some time off, collect myself, and then we're, now we're right back at it like crack addicts, you know? So, that being said, obviously, we give a huge shout out to uh, Vet Labs sponsor, you know, for military-grade supplements. Get your shit at Vet Labs. We have new merch coming soon um you know you get the shaker bottles you have the wrist straps you have the weight belt you got you have fucking you have anything that you need even aside from the supplemental side even stringer t-shirts it's summer you know show off the summer bod that you work yeah. so hard for um the sun's out guns out all right yeah, sun's out guns out so a lot of shit there a lot of exciting stuff um you know link is going down in the bio again because i did do it last time so i fucking remembered <laughs> <laughs> all right so um that being said, another thing that's has changed, we've kind of changed our format like just a little bit um, on how we structured our episodes, which is going to directly lead into how we do this episode, um, is now we have two separate versions or two different uh, categories of episodes. Now we have our America's Finest uh, segment, like playlist, and then we also have our Smoke Pit playlist. Um, so to go into a little bit of the America's Finest playlist, um, that is when we actually do our interview series with, you know, fucking our everyday veterans that we that we know and love that we want to share their stories because their stories matter. Um, you know, not every not everybody was kicking doors down or fucking wearing all the cool gear, the high speed gear and shit like that. Some people were just doing the everyday jobs in the military that keep it functioning. Um, and that is one of the most important things, I think, um, regarding that. So uh, that being said. Um, without further ado, we also have our smoke pit segment and our smoke pit segment is, uh, where it's just usually Chris and I and Aaron, if Aaron ever decides to show up and not go UA, um, you know, I'm writing his ass up like either that or I'm taking his ass to the fucking tree line and I'm getting some tree line justice out of his ass. So like, um, fucking that's just going to be us bullshit and talking about whatever, you know, literally quote unquote smoking, or and or drinking, just meeting up, kind of like we used to do back in the days and, and uh, shooting the shit. So um, that being said, uh, 
the smoke pit is our uh, is our topic for today. It is a staple in the United States Marine Corps, um, a place where all walks of life congregate. You know, think of it as like the oasis, that one watering well in the middle of a fucking desert where you just get like all like the from Lion King or whatever. You just get like Jungle Book, all those fucking you get the lions, you get the fucking gazelles, you get the zebras, you get the elephants. All the motherfuckers are usually there at one time. Um, Chris, the smoke pit. What was your first introduction to this to like the concept of the smoke pit? Um I don't think you you weren't you weren't like a smoker in general, right? like you weren't like a huge tobacco user, right? Uh, no, I I vaped when I was in the Marine Corps. I had one of those massive ass douche flutes with the fucking dual fucking battery, blowing sick fat fucking clouds. You Fuck know, yeah. Fuck uh, I did I did fucking only smoke heavily when I was in the field, and my first introduction to the smoke pit was probably fucking comm school. That's when I started probably fucking vaping because in comm school. So we're in 29 Palms. If you don't know what that is, imagine the fucking desert. That's it. All right. Just the desert. So 29 Palms, fun fact. Just, was just, a, just, just the desert. Just nothing else. Yeah. So 29 Palms is just to give us some, some uh, background on, on people who don't know what that is. It is a massive base out in the middle of California over by um, Big Bear, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not too far from Big Bear. Yeah, it's not like, too far it's from right outside. Bear. I don't want to say right outside, but very close to Palm Springs. Yep. Now, the size of 29 Palms is fucking massive. Every Marine Corps base can fit inside of 29 Palms twice. That's that's how that's how huge it is. The training area. <clears throat> yep, yep, in the yeah. training area. Yeah. Yep. So, out of 29 Palms, there's nothing to fucking do. So, you're going to class, and when you, you get these 15-minute breaks, like, every few hours to go outside... And just sit around and fucking bullshit and fucking smoke and joke, you know, smoke them if you got them. Yeah. Um. Uh. So that was that was actually on. Let me let me let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. I just had a memory pop in my head. All right. First first introduction to a smoke pit. I was at Marine Corps combat training in uh New River, uh, is it North South Carolina, North Carolina. New River is North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. And I was probably three weeks in, and the instructor say, "Hey, you can have a smoke break if you have smoke if you got them, dude." I was like, "Let's fucking go, dude!" I, so I had a cigarette. My buddy threw me a dip. I had a fucking dip in, bro. I was smoking a fucking cigarette. I got so fucking buzzed up, I puked my fucking brains out. Hell and I wasn't yeah. the only fucking person, dude. There was probably like thirty fucking people puking their fucking brains out. Mm-hmm fucking tobacco it all up um yeah and and the smoke pit like like uh like you already said is like the the all coming together i mean you have everybody and it's matter your fucking water cooler yeah it's the fucking water cooler you have fucking first sergeants there you have pfc's there everybody's bullshit everybody's talking it's a place where you can actually relax and just fucking chill out fucking bullshit i've heard some of the best fucking stories there i met some fucking great fucking people there i got some great fucking stories that we'll get in later what was your first introduction to the smoke pit? My first introduction was um, one. It was kind of it, it made sense because I at that point I was unaware of the fact that you know on on federal bases and stuff that you couldn't just fucking smoke anywhere. Um, that you had to smoke in designated areas and it had to be like within a certain feet from like a door and all that shit. So like, um, I wasn't really hip to all that until until joining. So. 
um, after getting in in an MOS school, like the smoke pit in MOS school is on 29 Palms. It's like not what your traditional smoke pit would be when you get to the fleet. It's like the common area that's in between the barracks. So it's like literally like a long row of just like picnic tables and stuff that people just walk all up and down your labs just to basically smoke in that area openly. Um, so like, you know, that my experience there so that would be my first experience with the like with the smoke pit because i wasn't a i I never really used tobacco in in the military but i hung out at the fucking smoke pit all the time um uh because in mct uh we were out in the field a lot so like there wasn't really a smoke pit and then like there was a smoke pit in um like when i was there in camp guard and fucking and then for like the, the time we were back in garrison in mct but I was never, you know, I was always usually in the squad bay, like fucking around with somebody or something like that. Like people would just go out and they would go smoke. The smokers would, and it wasn't like a thing yet to go hang out in the smoke pit, um, like per se, uh, until you get to MOS school and <laughs> bro, that would, that's when I saw the, uh, the different walks of life involved, uh, in that, in that, like a Friday night smoke pit, right. You know, especially in MOS school, you're not allowed to basically go anywhere. You have to get a Liberty card, right? You remember the Liberty cards? Like you God, had fuck you, those Liberty cards. Yeah. Bro. I, I was like, fucking you're, I can't even remember like the tiers, what the tiers were called, but like you had certain tiers of Liberty and like that allowed you uh, to do like that enabled you to do certain things, like go out on base, like literally just to leave the barracks. <laughs> you needed a Libo card um, just to fucking uh, just to wear civilian clothes. You needed to have one on you. And then to leave the base and wear civilian clothes, you needed to have a, a, like an additional Liberty card. It was like, it was so fucking crazy. Um, and, and let me dive into that real quick. Cause people are like, Oh, like you had to wear a fucking have a Liberty card to fucking wear like civilian clothes and like to yeah. walk out on base. So when he says the barracks, it's like four long barracks in a fucking box. And we're all fenced yep. in, but it's like you can like walk right out. There's like pathways, sidewalks everywhere. All right. They have people walking around, two people on every single deck. There's three decks. There's two people in every single laundry room. There's fucking six laundry rooms in each barracks. Then you have two people walking on each side of the building. All right, and the in the parking lot to get off out of the barracks, and you have two people walking in the smoke pit. These people are in camis and they're wearing a fucking vest. Camelback and, and shit. <laughs> yeah, camelback that they're on yeah. Firewatch, and they wear a belt, a duty belt. So they there, there was a thing that happened because people were leaving without signing out. You had to sign out, and also this doesn't matter if you're fucking thirty five years old. If yeah. you want to go to the grocery store, you have yeah. to have somebody with you, and they have to sign a book. And mm. the time you left and then get a card, then you come back and sign back in and you get back. Yeah. So if somebody catches you and these motherfuckers would do, they would fucking, they would haul your ass. Hunt. They would hunt, hunt, hunt. dude. Yeah. They would hide and fucking come out and get your ass. Mm -hmm. If they seen you step foot uh, out of the barracks without your liberal card, they could snatch your ass up, take you back to the, the duty hut. And then you could have to trade shifts with them. Yeah. Dude, it was, it's, it was fucking like just that's just a testament to just like the the constant hyper like tension that is going on there like at all times like you're constantly walking on eggshells so because it's so much of a fucking hassle to leave the bricks aka barracks 
nobody fucking does. You know, a lot of people just don't. And so a lot of people congregate to the smoke pit. So, and, the, you know, smoke pit's always a place to go after you've been drinking all night too. You know, or just drinking in your room, go hang out with people in the fucking smoke pit, go see what's up. Um, but like my first experience is like, you know, on like a Friday night or whatever and just seeing you know people with the fucking little gloves that like light up like their fingers light up and they're just like <laughs> oh and you have fucking people with lightsabers like chasing each other up and down the fucking smoke pit you got and the just, full cowboys out there yeah wearing their fucking boots with their uh with the, the running jumpsuit that we had to wear because you couldn't wear civvies you're not, even, the cowboy not even like yeah and the cowboy hat and, and then fucking uh and then you have people that are actually like out there like cigarette smokers smoking and shit and then yeah and then that when i was like holy fucking shit i was like and then and then one of the fire watches jobs was to walk all up and down that 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 alleyway for the smoke pit um and make sure that people weren't being fucking hooligans and whatnot and degenerates which was all the time um so that was kind of like my first experience it was kind of like very overwhelming i guess just like a lot going on at one time and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, well, this is this is what happens when you lock a bunch of people up and you make it like extremely difficult for them to leave and go enjoy themselves. Um, and in that. So, yeah, that was my first uh, impression of the smoke pit, but it definitely changed um, and it definitely took on a whole nother meaning for me um, when we hit the fleet. Uh, could you say that it did for you as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. How did how did this how did it change for you? <clears throat> so, I I remember hitting the fleet, and as a junior marine, if you're in the shop, you are constantly like you. I'm not talking like when I talk, I'm talking like the first month. Your first month in the shop, you walk by a motherfucker with a higher rank than you. You you fucking say something, all right? Yeah, proper green say, it, does, <laughs> it does not matter. You you fucking say something to him, all right? You're always at parade rest. You're always fucking yes, corporal, no corporal, yes, sergeant, aye, sergeant. Like you're always like doing cleaning shit, doing stupid shit. Smoke pit was a way to fucking escape that because yeah. you could go out to the smoke pit and you pop your cover off and you set it down. And it doesn't matter if there's a corporal out there and you're a fucking lance corporal. Obviously, you still fucking act within like your fucking rank, mm -hmm. but you can relax and you can chill out and you can talk and you can get to know people. And I think that's where a lot of like camaraderie grows i think that's where a lot of uh like higher ups uh, as far as like corporals and sergeants when you're a fucking pfc in the lance they like start to get to know you more and they start to like you more mm -hmm. because when you first get to the fleet they don't fucking like you nobody fucking likes yeah. you first get to the fleet yeah but slowly <laughs> you get to know them you fucking drink with them you smoke with them you break bread with them you know mm -hmm. and, and, and and life starts to relax a little bit so the smoke to me from my first probably like I would say like four four months or so in the Marine Corps was like a place to relax, a place to like fucking get away from the fucking bullshit in the shop and chill out and fucking smoke and joke, talk to the fucking boys. Yeah, yeah. That that was what you described was my first impression of it in the fleet. And that's how it kind of changed was like all my seniors when I got to the fleet. So like, you know, I was a radio operator. I get picked up at the airport. And the first thing I'm asked at the airport is like, not where you're from, like, who are you? It's like, who wants to go to a line company? <laughs> so who wants to go to an infantry company? Um, and I fucking volunteered like right away because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and, and so 
my corporals at the time, my senior who I was attached. So they had two radio operators per infantry company, per line company. And um, so my senior, he was in corporal's course at the time. So I had to stay in like headquarters company for, for like, I think like a, like a week or two, like two weeks um, until he was done with corporal's course before I could uh, just immediately make the, the switch to, to India company. Um, and so I'm spending time in H and S and um, I'm seeing like all the bullshit. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going through the bullshit, like the Connex, like taking out everything out the Connex fuck fuck games, taking out everything out the Connex boxes. Um, and then realizing, Oh, this is the wrong fucking one. Or you're like looking for like one piece of SO3 and you're like, Oh, some, some dumbass corporal's like, Oh, I'm pretty sure I put it in this one like a hundred years ago. And then you dig through the entire fucking thing and you realize it's not there. And then like, like you said, like anytime someone of a higher rank, which everyone's a higher rank than you, because you just get to the, you just got to the week. <laughs> You have to stand up and pray and rest and give the proper green a day, like totally stopping what you're doing. Um, you're getting bitched at about not knowing SL3 and you just fucking got there. Um, and then like the same people who are kind of like dishing this shit out, like every hour on top of the hour for the first 10 minutes was the rule, was a smoke break. They were running outside. And that was where I get like little 10 minutes apiece. Where I was like, fuck, man, fuck these guys. <laughs> like, like, I'm tired of being here already. Like, they're out there. And, and, but that's how they were getting their release was like, you know, going out there and being able to smoke 10 minutes. You know, and I, I even questioned one of them one time. I was like, I was like, I was like, you, I was like, it's really every hour for like 10 minutes. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's the Marine Corps policies. Like, we're allowed to leave every, at once every hour for like on top of the hour for the first 10 minutes. I'm not sure if it's actual Marine Corps policy, but that's just what it was described to me. You can fucking fact check me on that. I don't know. Put it in the comments. <laughs> somebody do. will. Somebody will. I guarantee you. Um, <laughs> somebody on Facebook will be like, oh, fucking man. It, actually, you know, according to Papa 1034 fucking Zulu, it's fucking, you know, it's like, okay, bitch, like, then do it. Then fucking tell me because I'm actually interested. But, um, but yeah, so I would, I was like, okay, so it's like a release. It's like a fucking release. And then you get the other side of it when you're not at the shop, you're not at the shop, right? You're not at work. Um, where you're at the where you're at the bricks and and then it just turns into like like a modern day reality TV show. <laughs> Dude, like, it does. Like that's it, the perfect way to fucking describe it. I could I because it's like some nights it's a soap opera, other nights it's like a tra it's tragedy uh some nights it's a fucking party you know it's one of the best parties you ever fucking have is like everyone gathering in the smoke pits and on the balconies and shit um some nights it's an absolute fucking shit show like like cops like pmo showing up like like it, and it's and then you have a lot of going aways people a lot of going ways they're like oh my going ways just there i just want to have it in the smoke pit like easy so yeah. you know you have your fucking homeboys who've been you know fucking putting stacking up their fridge full of steaks you know marinating them all day you're the homeboy hitting the little fucking mini px get all the fucking the cheap beer they can grab and, and somebody's grabbing paper plates everyone's and everyone meets in the smoke pit and everyone starts grilling and fucking you know shooting pass around shit. a bottle yeah pass around bottles people got fucking um you know there's like there's like four speakers out there because in case one dies we got another speaker like right on deck fucking it's it's a i mean 
that that was my other impression of like the, the smoke and go, going to that too it's like well, that's one thing that um my first experience of like tons of different cultures coming together mm-hmm. i mean you had like like my best friend in the marine corps was hispanic and i never really hung out with Hispanics people people before them required a few friends but they're like more american guys yeah. but like it, it was cool like experience different different like uh different cultures and different like uh different music too yeah i was like there was always like the the like the, the mexican music there was always like rap there's always country there's always like nobody complained tupac nobody, Dude, complained. nobody complained nobody, nobody complained nobody ever complained like whoever had whoever speaker was they played whatever the fuck they wanted to play i and never everybody heard vibed. anyone complain i never heard anyone complain nope, nope. yeah everyone was there. they listened to whoever's fucking music they were playing like like it's it, dude. It's it's such a it's so weird, bro. It's so weird. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like getting out and like you know not to tie this into like anything like social or whatever, but like you know experiencing like people like being experiencing like race the race problems and race tensions and stuff like we have in like the United States and like like how I, I'm not gonna lie, totally oblivious. How totally oblivious <laughs> I was to because I was in that bubble, dude. I was just in that yeah. bubble. Like we everyone was green. Everyone was shades of green, and, dude. And I think it's because I think that also I think it's because we didn't look for it. Mm-hmm. Like if you look for it, you're gonna find it. Yeah. But none of us looked for it. We all looked around and we seen fucking my fucking bro. Like that's my dude. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you fucking like. That's my fucking dude. Yeah. Like, I'd fucking do anything for you. You want me to go? Yeah. Want me to go buy you a bottle right now, bro? You ain't got the money. I got you, dude. Yeah. I got you. You come. I got burgers on the grill. Come on. Like, come yeah. on, I got beers in the fridge. Like, yeah. Just now thinking about matter. it, actually, when I got sent to uh, when we got orders to go to uh fucking three three uh i'm i'm mixed uh one of one of the other people who went black white hispanic like 100 mexican like it was fucking it's just literally all 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 versions of the rainbow um and it was like that it, that's when it immediately started i think was like we got orders and we all realized like hey we're all going to the same place together like we all need to stick together like and just yeah. start and just bond together and like you just it's just you just become totally oblivious to like everything like culture creed whatever like they could have prayed five times a day they could have fucking done whatever you know i wouldn't have given a fuck um and still wouldn't have given a fuck um but like the to experience that in the in the in the smoke pit i think uh like and this is speaking about like the good times in the smoke pit, like the, the <laughs> calm times in the smoke pit, like uh, like a going away party that's going well or whatever. Um, and this is also this is another point. This is this is also um, this was an also another opportunity or the first opportunity I think I had to meet um, my superiors outside of like that kind of like work environment. They always showed up you know i had we i was so fucking lucky in india company uh, in my experience in the marine corps for the most part i'd say for 98 percent of it i had phenomenal leadership you know just great leadership and uh you know i i that we had the remnants of like the fucking iraq and the afghanistan guys like the guys fucking the ramadi the fallujah guys like they were our staff ncos our fucking you know our exos and and fucking um and CEOs, and so like that trickled down like that was like really felt i think for from our ncos and then down to like the, the lowest level um so i i'm like very fortunate to uh to like had those people 
um, like show me what it's like to have like good leadership, whatever. And, and part of that was like showing up on days off, like, you know, and just checking up on your boy, like just checking up on your guys. And like, they would show up in the smoke pit, you know, and fucking, you know, wearing their little fucking stupid ass polo because that's what the Marine Corps rigs made you want to wear, <laughs> you know, your fucking polo and their flip flops and shit. You gotta have a fucking just... belt on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they shoot the shit and they'll just fucking shoot the shit with you for like, you know, 10 minutes and then, you know, bounce and then, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But like, you know, you wouldn't have got that if you just stayed in your fucking room or or whatever. Like you had to be out there like talking to duty or whatever or shooting the oh. shit in the smoke pit. And you always got to hook duty up. All right. If you're, oh, yeah. if you're still in, you walk by duty, you got to give him a monster, man. Give him, give him something like hook, yeah. hook, hook duty up. I always yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Give him the zero sugar monster. Don't kill him. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like they, they shit still ones. got caffeine and whatnot. You know, so. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, what are some of uh, some of the wild moments that you you've had in the smoke pit? So I'll start this off with uh, every. I think everybody should know by now that I was I, we were both calm. I was uh, I was data, so I did a lot of network um, network stuff, switches, routers, servers. Moss, he was a fucking radar operator, so he was fucking. You know, kicking rocks and fucking sleeping in the field. <laughs> nah, but uh, I wanted to be a radio operator when I joined the Marine Corps. I well, at first I was, my dad was in the Navy, so I was like, "Hey, I kind of want to go be a corpsman." That was my first instinct was to be a corpsman. But I was like, "I've always wanted to be a Marine." I always thought the Marines were fucking badass. I seen the commercial of them next to the Golden Gate Bridge, fucking flipping their fucking rifles and their blues and catching it, and I was like, "Done." All right. Um. So I that was the ad. That was the ad that got you, huh? That was that was the ad. I still remember I was I was probably I was young, dude. I was I remember I lived I was probably like 12 years old or younger, but I still remember that commercial. Um old school one. Um, yeah. That's a good one though. It is. I'm I'm always uh, very interested in like which one's the one that like if there's any if somebody like watched that and they're like, I'm doing it. Yeah, dude, it was the uniforms, bro. I was like, that's fucking that's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew sure. I was gonna go in the military. I knew I was gonna go in the military regardless. I knew because my dad was. So it was. It was for me. It, was, it has always been between since, since I knew all the branches: the Marine Corps, the Navy. I want to go to Navy because I wanted to like you know take after my dad. But you know I'm a Marine now, so I'm fucking yeah. better. But uh, um, I uh, I uh, so it's back to the smoke pit story. I well no back to the MOS real quick. Um, so I joined to be a radar operator. That was like when I wanted O six XX. I thought he told me, "Hey, you'll be a, you'll you'll be a radar operator." I was like, "All right, sweet, whatever." Dumb, my dumbass. Um, I scored high on my ASVAB, so they threw me into data. I didn't have a choice. I was told. So um, I remember I got to MCT, and I was like, "Dude, MCT is a month long, and it's Marine combat training. Pretty much, you just go through like just the the basics of being a rifleman." And part of the idea like, of it, like the one of the like culminating events is like a squad goes out and does a patrol through the woods. One person's radar operator. They call in like a nine line all this shit. I was that dude. I was like, hey, I'm gonna be a radar operator anyways. I need I need to learn this shit now. So I was like all oh, fucking pumped, bro. Like you know I'm like boot. So I'm like motivated as fuck. Like fuck yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna be a radar. This is gonna be this will be badass. I got to I got to or um no no they told me about MOS finally, and um I remember him saying oh six seventy one. I went. What is that? You want? I don't know. Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I sorry. I walked out. I called my. I, I googled it on my phone, and it was data or, or data network op- operator. And I, was like, break. I was like, what the fuck? I, I called my recruiter, bro, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why am I not a radar operator? He's like, oh, it's a good job. You're gonna get a good job. Don't worry. You're set when you get out. I'm like, I don't fucking care. 
and I hung up on him. I think I was pissed, and uh, um, I was kind of upset, like low key, like through com school, I was kind of mad, like in, in the back of my mind, but I was making the best out of it. Got to the fleet, I seen what you guys doing, fucking going out line companies. I was fucking mad, and I'm just sitting here fucking configuring switches and routers and shit, dude. We did Bougainville one. It was probably like my first, it was my third month there, maybe. I was pretty fresh still. Bougainville um, one. Yep. Yeah. It yeah, was Bougainville it, it, one was like because you showed up a month after me. Yep. Yeah, so that's about that's about right. It was about two months after I got there. Yep. So I remember doing Bougainville one and my my very first build up ever in the fleet. And I set up our tent. We put barbed wire around it. It was a pain in the ass. Set everything up as hot as fuck out in Hawaii. We're in the middle of this fucking field. I was pissed. I'm, I'm like, and, and no shit. Like I'm, I'm probably a, a seven minute walk from my, my my room, but I can't go there. I have to sleep in this fucking tent because I'm doing a fucking field op. And I'm all like pissed with her, blah, blah, blah. So like the next morning, I wake up and um, I go back in the tent. I'm there all fucking day. Like just getting fucking, I'm being somebody's bitch, just getting told what to do all day long, hate my fucking life, and going going out in the smoke pit with with fucking my boys, yeah, you know, to get that little escape throughout the day. And in the field, you can you can be in a smoke pit all you want as long as you yeah. got shit to do. Yeah. So I was in the smoke pit for like five hours a day, five to six hours a day, just in the smoke pit. <laughs> I remember one time I walked out, bro, and I seen I think it was Duragon, and he was with a line, or he was with like a line, or somebody with a line company. I think it was, I thought it was Duragon though, and. With, they were uh, doing he was a cat. Yeah. It, it, it might have been them because they had like the trucks out too. Yeah. Um <laughs> these motherfuckers were doing uh um uh fucking leaping about like like uh, he sees buddy me, rushes? I'm up, I'm down. Yeah, buddy rushes. That's what yeah. it's fucking called. You're doing buddy rushes, bro. In the middle of this field that's like rocks sticking out. Like it's like you're you're and when you do this uh buddy rushing, you're running full sprint. Yeah, like full fucking sprint, like you're diving on the ground, like getting up and fucking then you're prone yeah. and getting your fucking rifle up. You have to do, you have to make it look real, you know. Um, and I'm out there smoking a cigarette, watching these motherfuckers run, and I was like, thank God I'm fucking dead, bro. <laughs> After that, bro, it was like weight off my shoulders. Like I get to sit here and, <laughs> and smoke a fucking cigarette while these dumbasses are fucking yeah, running I, around. I tell you what, buddy rushes do fucking suck, dude. Especially in Hawaii. Hawaii is the worst place. I would argue for buddy rushes because like it's lava rock, man. A lot of it's fucking lava rock out there, and you're and you're fucking doing. I'm up. He sees me. I'm dead. You know, kind of shit. <laughs> you're fucking <laughs> running around doing your fucking dickheaded stuff. But yeah, man. Uh, like the I don't remember if we had a few like for for the line companies if we had a smoke pit in the field. Like when we were out there, I think you could just fucking smoke whenever or wherever. I think. Well, obviously not like in the COC or whatever, but like I'm pretty sure you could just fucking smoke. Like in your tent city, you didn't have like a. I can't remember. I can't remember to be honest, um, because I wouldn't really spend a lot of time and and because that's when people were actually smoking, you know, in the smoke pits, fucking, um, in the field. Like you're, if we had a smoke pit, then that's where the actual smokers were. Yeah. uh, where I was, where the party was always happening. That was a COC, baby. That was fucking, I was getting all the tea, all the tea, dude. Like, fucking, I was the radio operator. I would sit there. And even when I wasn't on watch, I would I would usually just chill nearby and just fucking shoot the shit with the, with the higher-ups, just fucking, 
you know, just have a you good would, time. You would always be at the COC because my tent was right next to the fucking COC. Yeah. I was always seeing your ass coming in there and fucking chilling yeah. out, talking to the fucking junior Marines yeah. around fucking watching yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, that's the fucking, you're, ta- you're talking about like battalion COC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like company, oh, our company okay. CP or COC. We would still call it a COP, but a COC, but um, our company CP. But yeah, I would all the time. Don't even get me fucking started, dude, because I, I would go there because I always hated, like, my name floating around. Not that's, It was never really my name, personally. It was always, like, India Company. Like, oh, India Company didn't do this for Com. And I'm just like, okay, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I am not going to sit idly by and have India Company's name and Com in the same fucking sentence be drugged through the mud um you know without context so i would always check in to like the battalion coc so that's why i'd always be there you know to make sure their shit was squared away because i knew my shit was squared away (laughs) (laughs) um and i have plenty of fucking stories about that like don't even like ah fucking fuck i'm gonna go into one right now then we can get we can get back to the topic uh but uh especially like crazy smoke pit stories but uh yeah there's one time i had to uh fucking simmons i'll give him a shout out my boot this motherfucker we had two bags for 150 right for for uh fucking radio the 150 for hf and there's a specific fucking antenna that you need right so we needed that antenna one of them got broken like earlier and this is itx so like we're not getting a replacement anytime soon um so I had, I fucking, you know, took them both out, you know, and I think I, I think I put the broken one somewhere else, but I had I, one bag had the fucking good antenna and the other bag was basically empty. And I told Simmons, I was like, grab this bag, grab this bag. When we pack, we're leaving, we're rolling out, you know, we're DFL, like fucking like zero nine, whatever, like fucking grab your shit. Like he grabs the wrong pack. Yeah. <laughs> And this is, I I think he told me this, this was the only time he ever felt like really bad because I chewed his ass out. I think this is the only time I actually really, really chewed his ass out like bad. Um, But uh, I only really, that was the only time I really had to. He was pretty fucking squared away. I had a pretty good boot. Um, But uh, he, so we figured this out as we're setting up comm and we're, I think we're at like the farthest fucking range on ITX. Like we're at one of the farthest ranges, like far as fuck um and that's when we discover we don't have the antenna and in my and i apparently the battalion commander had told my my uh company commander that they were really making an emphasis on hf like for some reason for this specific push out they really wanted to do hf stuff so so now we're all the way out there we can't do hf (laughs) you know (laughs) like not not able to accomplish the mission and so my XO was like, we got to go back. We have to go back and get the right thing. Uh, and I was like, I was like, fine. Okay. Um, all right. And I think we also needed like a disc to put on the GTAC or something like that to load. So we were missing like two things. Cause I think it had, I think it had two things. Cause that's why I had to go to battalion COC because I, I didn't need to go there for an antenna, but I had to go there to get the fucking disc. Um, and we're taking, um, no, actually, I don't think I have to go there at, at all. 
this is why I, this is why I went there though. So we're so we're driving the truck back. It's me. I'm like the A driver, and then I have a like a just a normal grunt fucking driver. Shout out fucking Demello, uh, homie, all reliable that guy. Um, fucking he. Uh, so we're driving back. It's dark as fuck, middle of the desert, and we're finally we finally come up on like fucking Camp Wilson, right? And I shit you not, probably 200 meters from the gate, the Humvee breaks down. And I'm like, what the fuck? So we're on the radio and I'm like trying to get a hold of them, trying to get a hold of them, trying to get a hold of them. I can't get a hold of Baton. And I was like, this is impossible. I'm using a VERC. I'm using a vehicle mounted radio right now. I should be able to reach Battalion COC. Like I should, I should be able to reach Mars right now like and i know my fucking i was checking my programming i was like the net id all this shit i was like this shit is fucking good to go like like all my all my crypto is good like man and so i fucking i was so pissed because i was like those motherfuckers are fucked up and so i i got out of the fucking vic marched my ass down all the way battalion coc barged in these motherfuckers posted up feet up on the fucking on the table fucking all the radios were dead they didn't change the batteries and you know i was sitting out there for like 45 minutes trying to get a hold of these (laughs) and trying to figure out if i was the one that was fucked up in a dead vic trying to set up and it's late as fuck already and now i know i had now i have to get the shit for hf drive all the way fucking back you know, set up age. I ain't sleeping. I'm not sleeping tonight now, you know? Um, so I'm pissed and, you know, I fucking light them up, dude. Absolutely. Like I, I, I just lose it. I just snap. I just fucking snap. I, I, you know, this is one of the few times I actually like publicly, like actually just annihilate somebody and, it, and I annihilated these two people and, fucking one of the staff sergeants that's and brian like looks over and dude they're having a fucking meeting a battalion like fucking sync yeah, meeting. Battalion meeting, yeah. and he looks over at me and was like bro uh he's like ma shut the fuck up i was like you shut the fuck up i was like you shut the fuck up i was like they're fucked up right now and like i'm sitting out there with a broken fucking vic less than 200 fucking meters from the gate and i can't get a hold of anybody anybody in battalion to come to come help me out and i gotta go back and fucking set up hf so i can communicate to you motherfuckers and fucking the fucking battalion commander og dog reed was a fucking savage man and then he told he told fucking brian basically to sit the fuck down and that he was gonna work it out he was like yo we'll fucking we'll get that we'll get that settled and i was like let's go (laughs) fucking empower your ncos empower your fucking ncos um so uh yeah and that's why i that's one of the reasons i showed up to fucking to battalion coc like all the time because of just shit like that man it'd be stupid shit like that um something that's just totally avoidable is just like just paying attention and just changing the batteries like you know i don't give a fuck if i post up with my feet up too like if you're if you're that confident as a radio operator that you could just post up you know as long as you have the handset close by and you can still hear shit and do your fucking job like do whatever the fuck you want. Like, man, I was having full ass conversations and still able to do my fucking job, you know? But, uh, yeah. you know, just, it's, it's just, just that kind of shit, you know? So that's, that's why I, I would fucking show up all the time. Um, yeah. Smoke pits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. So 
when when we were talking prior to starting this episode, I, I remember you sent, hey, we're going to talk about the smoke pit and the importance of it. And I was like, the first thing that came to mind was this story. Uh, it's probably my favorite, one of my favorite experiences in the Marine Corps because it made me, it made it, it was like a genuine experience. So we we're over uh, in Korea outside of Pohang nice. in like the middle of this, like, it's like a, a we're on a, we're sleeping on a, on a tank range as we were sleeping on we're sleeping on a fucking tank range and um it was fucking miserable i mean we like our our tents were constantly getting flooded in it was fucking it would be like hot as shit i, I know i i know your shit was <laughs> our shit was fun too we had we had big trenches too all right <laughs> but uh i remember that shit fucking sucked and um it was like hot as shit during the day we were doing like us doing calm we were doing stupid fucking patrols like fucking when, when was it hot i remember it just being oh, windy dude. as fuck cold dude it was cold. hot and, as and, shit dude and we had to wear we like they made a big deal about taking the, our beanies off at zero eight motherfuckers every morning dude see that's another thing that's another think about that can we think of can we can we just can we digest that for a moment <laughs> the beanies like we as grown men in a cold environment literally like indian company was the first one to show up to korea it snowed it snowed like the the second or third night we were there like it was it was cold it was fucking cold in korea and it was and it was constantly like that cold that was just above freezing where like the it was so cold and windy and then like the rain was coming but the rain wasn't freezing it, it was just like it wasn't like it was like sleet sometimes but it wasn't going to fucking like snow um and it was it was fucking it was so so miserable like so, so see miserable. for me it was like you wake up in the morning you bang ice off your tent yeah you fucking get up you stretch you fucking do your fucking whatever go to the smoke pit and then you come back and then about like noon one o'clock like you're fucking taking off your fucking sweatshirt underneath your your fucking okay i because it's hot as fuck oh yeah and then it, then it, like towards the evening it fucking rains on your ass and the rain's fucking cold and you're fucking yeah. miserable that's fucking korea you had all um, four seasons yeah, one fucking day. Like living in Ohio. <laughs> we stayed again. at the Four Seasons Korea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I remember the smoke pit for us, because I was I was data, so my job was just to maintain the network of where we were at. So I'm um, we got the we got the network set up. Once we I mean my job is pretty simple in the field. You set the network up, you maintain the network, you make sure everybody's fucking happy. That's all you gotta fucking do. Then you take turns watching the fucking network. So when you're not on your fucking shift, which is usually eight hours, and I think I was I was a corporal at the time, uh no, I wasn't. Yeah, I was still Lance, but I was like, I had some Marines under me. I remember, I, I remember, I wasn't on watch bad hours because if you're like lower rank, you're getting like the two to ten, and to set in the fucking tent from fucking two to ten, it fucking sucks dick. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. I think I had like the night shift. Um, I remember I'd always go to the fucking smoke pit, and the Re- Republic of Korea Marines were out there, and um, no, they no, didn't know. Marines. The Rock Marines, bro. They were they were they were, they were good people. Um, kind of, some some of them fucked up. I watched a few of them fuck up. That's pretty funny. Oh, but, they uh, sucked. They oh, fucking yeah. sucked. Dude. Some of them were like, well, I mean, you can't waste. Marines are retarded too, but some I guess all Marines across all walks of life are retarded. I don't I know. Something we all have in common. Fuck it. So the the Royal Marines and the ADF. Oh, the Royal the Marines Aust- cool as fuck. The Australian Defense Force. Between those, those are probably the top two militaries that we trained with that i would be like okay like these dudes legit all yeah all the other ones dude wipe the map 
fucking trash. Map with them. Like it, it'd be, it wouldn't even be fair. It would not. Royal be. Marines were fucking. They were fucking cool. They were fucking cool. Yeah. I got a few on Facebook. So those are some of my buddies. They're cool as fuck. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, dope. but so these Koreans, they have to serve their country too. They have a mandatory like two years. It's two years. Yeah. 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 So they have a mandatory two years, but the Marines for the for the Rock Marine for the Republic of Korea is volunteer still. So they have to choose to go to the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. They could do their two years, but they have to choose the Marine Corps. So that was another thing that was kind of like more prideful on their end. Uh, but they didn't know a lot of words. They knew like uh, hi, like hello. Some of them knew, some of them knew more than the others. But yeah. one word they all fucking knew: trade, trade. <laughs> and dude, I remember getting there and like and like that's that's something that was really cool for me. I, I know for me personally yeah. was trading stuff with other militaries. I loved. Yeah. Training these other militaries. I purposely packed eight sweatshirts with me before I went to Korea because I knew I was going to trade shit with these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I had buddies that had already been all around the world say so they'd bring extra shit. They the, the other militaries loved to trade. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. So I got like everything. I got I got fucking boonies. I got hats. I got fucking shirts. I have tags. I have I have everything. Um, and I had this one dude who like I always like would pick out and like after being there for a while and we'd always like start like first you start trading like rank. And it was mm-hmm. like name tapes. So we got bitten. We got like the, the blouse, and then we did like cool other shit. Uh, and and um, we did family members. Yeah, family members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember um, I'd always like offer him a cigarette. Wait, does hand we, jobs we, come before family members or family or? Oh, did that we work? start. That was like the fourth thing we did, bro. The fourth like, thing. Come on, okay. bro. Okay. We've been there for like a month already. Just, just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but uh. I'd always we we always are trading in the smoke pit because you know the rock marines smoke too, yeah. And uh, like I never forget, yeah, like fucking <laughs> chimneys, bro. They don't give a fuck either. Um, but their Korean cigarettes were like half the size of our cigarettes, yeah. And they have a little bead you can when you smoke it, it tastes like candy, like you're smoking Skittles, and they have different flavors you can you can you can fucking smoke. And I was like, I always loved his cigarettes. And he always liked my cigarettes because they were fucking giving. I always smoked the fucking cowboy killers. So he always <laughs> loved getting the fucking Nick Buzz off my shit because his you wouldn't get away Nick Buzz off of. Yeah. Um, and I remember one time, dude, I came to Smoke Pit and he handed me a full pack unopened of his Korean cigarettes. And he said, friend, and he handed it to me. And dude, dude like I, I know it sounds kind of dumb, but like my heart dropped. Bro. I was like, "Wow, wow. this yeah. dude went out of his way when he was back home, like on fucking Libo, and went and bought a pack of cigarettes and remembered me to go bring it to me." And he he didn't just catch me, everybody. I walked to the smoke pit, and like three people were like, "Hey, dude, that that one Korean dude, like some Korean dude's looking for you. He knew your he knew your name. He was like Ellis. I think it was like Tayas told me like, hey, like, like Korean's looking for you.'" And then he found me, and he like pulled out of his breast pocket, bro, and handed it to me. He was like, "Friend." And dude, I was so dude. I fucking, I was like, I don't. Know, I gave him my rank, I think. I think I gave him like my rest of my fucking cigarettes I had, bro. I was like, dude, come on, bro. Like, fuck yeah, cool as shit, dude. Cool as shit. Fucking yeah, great people. Yeah. That 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 was a really cool moment for me. For like, uh, uh, to even have that language barrier, barrier to still like had that common respect for each other. That's why you do it, right? That's why you fucking. That's why you wear the uniform. That's why you fucking serve. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's why you know. I think that's one of the. I, I think that same smoke pit over by like near the motor pool, like at the edge of motor pool. Yep. Is that the way you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. So fucking uh I traded, I had like a fucking badass knife. It was so sick. Like it was like it it was it was pretty gnarly. Um and I, I traded that for like their special forces fucking like like 
pin or whatever. I guess what would be equivalent to like their fucking Navy SEAL like pin or whatever. One of their guys was out there and I fucking he loved the knife and I was like I love it too, man. But what's it worth? <laughs> what's it worth? <laughs> and so uh he gave me like his pin and I was like <clears throat> super dope. Um and traded that just because I was like just shooting the shit over there in the smoke pit. I think one of my homies was just fucking blowing it down. So I was over there. Um, one of the craziest smoke pit stories. There's two of them. Um, the first one being we were in the seven thousand series barracks in uh in fucking in Hawaii in K Bay, and those so the smoke pit was literally like smack dab in the courtyard. It was like set up just like a just a literally like a box like this. Where you all the dorms were all on the edge on the sides, right? And then there's a little courtyard, and then smack dab in the courtyard was basically a smoke pit. So you just yeah, like, all the doors are, are facing in. Yeah, all doors are facing in, like real like jailhouse, <laughs> like block <laughs> shit, you know, jail block <laughs> shit. Um, so uh, yeah, so people hang out in the catwalks all the time. Now, I will preface this story um, by saying that I was actually not presently there um this is this is like basically word of mouth um that i know it's 100 percent true i know for a fact it is 100 valid and i will not name drop but uh um and i wish aaron was actually fucking here so he could validate some of the shit and maybe correct some of the some of the things that i might have might i might say but uh i i'm just gonna be pretty forward like these this may not be 100 percent the facts but this is what happened to my understanding. Allegedly. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what happened to my understanding. Um, so had we come back first deployment, um, and like that entire workup, that entire deployment, like India Company was the fucking rock stars, dude. We barely had. I think we had maybe. The only like actual like disciplinary incidences that we had, um, we had a couple NCOs that stayed out past curfew, I think when we were in the Philippines. And like, that was like it. Like other than that, we had no incidences whatsoever. We fucking, we crushed all the fucking tests uh, that we did prior to, prior to deploying, prior to deploying uh like when you have like the coyotes or what they call them like like they fucking watch you or whatever um like we were constantly op four so we were constantly the opposing force for the battalion um and we fucked them up one company against the entire battalion we would we would literally just fucking we'd mop them absolutely mop them um so we get back you know we're like fuck man they should come out with just a special piece of the marine corps uniform just for india company you know like that's how we're riding high right and we get back and it it's all it's all ended with a thud right and the thud is somebody falling from second deck i believe onto into the smoke pit you know and like landing on their hip and then you have a bunch of other marines running out after this marine 
and one of them grabs this marine the the marine who's on the ground is clearly in pain clearly in pain and so i am not 100 percent sure if they're if our duty was right there because usually like looking right into the smoke pit is the duty desk um so i'm not entirely positive if like our duty was there i know that there was a duty from another unit that was there and he came in and saw him basically buddy dragging this dude in pain like to get him try to get him i guess back upstairs into the room and like the other guys were just acting strangely and he was like what the fuck is going on and and this is where things may you know get you know ambiguous on what the meaning or what actually was said but I, from what i understand what was said was a very direct statement that was, don't worry about it. We're just tripping on acid. We'll be okay. And the dude was like, what the fuck? So he sees that this guy's obviously in pain. Calls fucking PMO. PMO comes. Yokes all them motherfuckers up. Has, calls the Ambo. Ambo's there. Fucking EMS fucking just get the guy fucking put him in the stretcher to get his fucking his hip checked out and all the other dudes are fucking you know sitting on the side of the smoke pit in handcuffs <laughs> <laughs> uh facing uh yeah drug charges yeah so damn yeah yeah coming back from the first deployment that was like immediately when we got back it was so crazy that like that like fucking like even if it doesn't happen to you, it still happened in like your company. So like you're still directly affected by that bullshit. Yeah. So like there's unnecessary punishment. Like that's one thing I hate about the Marine Corps was mass group punishment. punishment. Mass punishment, group yeah. punishment. Bro, I hated it so much. So like what the fuck does it solve? Like uh... like I remember like some some guys like fucking falling out of runs and falling out of hikes and shit. And it's like, oh, tight. He wants to fall out. You're all gonna fucking run five miles today after work. It's like, motherfucker, I didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think when, like, when you say it like that, I think about that story. You remember when fucking uh, Dakota Meyer came and like talked to us, talked to the battalion. Yeah, um, about how he like made that one marine quit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he tried to. He tried to. Yeah. Um, and like. And he realized that he's like, this dude's a shitty Marine, like blah, 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 blah. And he goes and he speaks to that mentor and that mentor tells him, he's like, you know, okay, just a little bit of context. So this, this fucking, he's in the sniper platoon. Um, This guy gets into the sniper. He passes the end doc. They let him into the sniper platoon. Apparently, according to, according to Dakota Meyer, this dude's like a real shit bag. And, uh, you know, he's falling out on all the runs. He's not doing really well at all. Um, so he's basically just trying to get this dude to fucking quit. And the kid, the guy won't quit. He like won't drop. Um, and so like Dakota Meyer just gets so frustrated. He goes to a superior and like asks like, how the fuck do I get this dude to quit? Basically, uh, you know, he's a shit bag. And a superior basically point like 
shows the mirror at him and he's like that like it's your job to make sure that he's ready like it's your job to make sure yeah. that um that he's able to perform his duties and tasks within the platoon you know within the capacity of his of his mos and then some probably um so like that's where i can see like their mentality of being like and hey, they everyone should be looking they should be policing each other they should be you know but like we're like let's be real like like what i said earlier like that constant walking on eggshells like i don't want to fucking deal with that every day yeah. like i don't yeah. want to have to deal with that. i don't have to be my brother's keeper all the time dude like literally like a fucking puppy dog like i'm on like suicide watch or something like i'm like having to watch this people like people who i think are gonna just fuck up libo for everybody else like babysit them essentially like it's it's just not fun dude like and, and like I, and that way you're getting you're getting punished you're getting punished. Yeah, either way yeah. you're getting punished and and that's that sucks too because like i'm not gonna fucking throw a name out there we had a, we had a fucking marine i served with who was in a different section and it and i remember talking to marines that were like in his section and dude they hated him because it doesn't matter what you do some people are just like fucking idiots like fucking yeah. idiots yeah, you can't like, fix stupid. I guess. Yeah, you you can't yeah. you can't spend your entire fucking Marine Corps career like watching somebody at work, making sure they don't fuck up. And then once you get off work, it's like you don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. But if they fuck up out on town doing something fucking stupid, then it's you worse. you are fucked. You are fucked from that. It's worse because they're a fuck up at work and they fuck up on Libo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what we call dude. that's what we call a buddy fucker in the Marine Corps. Now, but then they're, 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 yeah, yeah. But there are Marines that I feel like just need like the proper guidance from a correct like I'd say mentor in general. Yeah. I was I was very blessed. I would say to my first join them join the the got to the fleet. My uh staff NCO is fucking Staff Sergeant Bame. Staff Sergeant Bame was probably the, one of the best leaders I had to, mm-hmm. in the Marine Corps career. I still talk to him today. He is a a standout individual. He's a great guy. He would do anything. I could call him right now and he would do anything yeah. I, I need. Like he's he just Korean, like, doesn't he? He was living in Korea. Yeah, he 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 lived in Korea for a few years. Yeah. Yep. yep. His wife's Korean. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. when we got there, he was like the only dude in the battalion that knew Korean. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I was I was very blessed, but it's like the military isn't what I thought it was gonna be. I would say fact i thought it was gonna be like just a bunch of hard charge motherfuckers like <laughs> dude it wasn't dude, there's there's people that fucking are just flat out fucking nerds like can't run a fucking 10 minute mile and they're somehow still in then there's people who are fucking like alpha like fucking roll ruck with 35 pound packs on their back like seven minute miles and then go smoke a pack of cigarettes and then go bench like fucking 225 like yeah, there's yeah. some dogs in the Marine Corps. It's it's a it's a it's like the NFL. I would say, mm-hmm. I'd say it's like the NFL. You have your, <laughs> yeah, your kickers, and you got your fucking like middle linebackers. There's a fucking I, difference between a kicker and a middle linebacker, right? I, I yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use that analogy. No, no, we're not we're not we're not our athletic ability. I'm saying the 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 wide range, and you got your fucking fat dudes fucking can't run. Yeah, but like a kickers are still expected to do like a really good job though, yeah. like. Can you really, if you're if you're like overweight in the Marine Corps, can you really still do your job? Like the argue, depends on your they job. Argue, yeah, they argue no. They argue no. Yeah, they argue no. 
Yes, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Only they good argue, Marines can argue, run fast. Yeah, they argue, no. <laughs> um, and it doesn't even matter if you're like overweight and you're like solid muscle. Like, no, oh, you got to pass tape. tape. Yeah, get tape, bitch. Like, yeah. Um, and like some, I mean, sometimes I, I knew a dude who couldn't help it. Like he was just kind of like a bigger dude and he fucking, he would smoke a, a CFT and smoke a PFT, like perfect scores and like not have to worry about getting fucking weighed. And I was like, good for you, dude. Like fucking yeah, nice. Um, I mean, that's work the system as, you know, as it is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think uh, another thing in, in my perspective from the, from the spoke pit hmm. is you were with the line company. I was at the COC always. Like I was always at the battalion headquarters. That's where the comm shop was pretty much on deployment. Yeah. So our smoke pit was with all the officers and higher ups that were in the offices. <laughs> so it, it, it was it was weird. Like the start of the deployment would be like, oh, like like roster, like fucking salute, you know, fucking our yeah. Ross staff sergeant or whatever the core came out rank, fucking way higher than me, and um, towards like the fucking uh, middle. Like first couple months in the Marine Corps, like the higher ups that would start coming out, it started like relaxing more. They start mm-hmm. telling you stories more. And it was cool because I I talked to like yeah staff NCOs that were like pogues, and they would tell you like oh dude I fucking was stationed here and like we did this all the fucking time went out with the boys and shit all the time. And that started like another session comes out it's like yeah uh, I did two tours in Iraq already. I was with like blah 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 company. It's like all walks of life, all different yeah. different type of people, all different type of MOSs come together in the smoke pit yeah yeah there's actually uh it's funny because when you said that it reminded me like one time i went to when we were at pta i went to the smoke pit um i was waiting on something and the chaps that we had was out there at the time and this is yeah. like the first chaps that we had uh, i think they called them dirty chaps <laughs> <laughs> and uh he was out there and this dude was fucking ripping his sig it was ripping his sig like he was in a fucking in a you know, fucking Black Noir movie, you know, like a, just a fucking, just a hip, cool, like, just like such ease, you know, somebody who's just has swagger when they smoke, you know, like they're from, like, just from a different age, it seemed like, and um, we're sitting there and uh, we're talking about, uh, he's doing, he's giving like marriage advice or something like that, or he's talking about living situations and, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I recommend that um, if you're a married couple, like that, you don't have roommates, like you need your own space and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he's like, yeah. And he's like, fucking hit, he's hitting his fucking cigarette. And he's like, he's like, when you got roommates, you know, and you have struggles and you're going to have struggles. He's like a shoulder to cry on. He's a dick to ride on. And I was like, chaps. I was like, <laughs> I was like that was, sir. <laughs> And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, but that's the wisdom. That's like the little drops of wisdom that you get, like the little tidbits and nuggets that you get, like being in the smoke pit, like, uh, you know, somebody that comes in and just like, you never thought you would be, you know, speaking to them or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it actually reminds me um, of this time. There's, there's an officer that uh, he was an air and an air officer. <laughs> I used to fuck with all the time. And this isn't a smoke pitch story. This is a shower story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were in ITX. So, like, we we're in 29 Palms, you know, the big ass training area and whatnot. And uh, 
I just, I don't know. I would just be belligerent with him and he loved it. He, he would eat it up because, you know, he just fucking, he was just, he just didn't give a fuck. Like he, he was just a great dude. Um, and, uh, he fucking came in into the showers and I was in there with one of my buddies and like, he's an officer. So like, I turned around and just like snapped at attention, like <laughs> clicked my heels and everything. Like my dick even like slapped against my <laughs> leg. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Attention <laughs> <on> that. <laughs> Fucking oh man. And he was he was laughing so hard, but he was like, God damn it, boss. Like <laughs> he turned the fuck around. <laughs> but uh yeah, fucking great times. But like, yeah, anyways, but like you get to experience people from all walks of life and get to do shit like that, you know. Like, I mean, I didn't meet that that officer in the smoke pit, but um but just getting that nugget and that tidbit from uh from the chaplain uh about just like life you know and like living life and advice for being a young couple and like that's trying to navigate through life uh and it's like the fact that i'm speaking about it like years and years later you know is like it's it's the, that's the power the power of the smoke pit you know the smoke pit smoke fit i think that's i think that's a solid name i think it's a, a solid name and i think it represents well i think you hear the coolest shit in the smoke pit you fucking roast your fucking boys in the smoke pit yeah you fucking work shit out in the fucking smoke pit you got a problem yeah. with another marine you fucking go out to the fucking smoke pit yeah that's uh that's that's Probably already spent a lot of a lot of my fucking Marine Corps careers in the fucking smoke pit, reminiscing with the boys. Yeah, with the douche flute. Yep, fat clouds. <laughs> yeah, looking back, that's that's fucking, that's funny. It's 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 just funny. Uh, changing over over uh over the course of when you first got got out of the fleet to when you right before you got out. And now looking back, like you said, you're still remember, remember that awful after all those years. Mm-hmm. Something that sticks with you. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting that kind of looking at that. Like, I wouldn't even. I would. I would call it. I mean, I don't want to be cheesy and call it like a an evolution, you know. But like, like I like I mentioned earlier, like I was lucky enough to have a lot of like great leaders when I was in a lot of fucking motivators who um you know didn't they just gave a fuck you know they gave a fuck about you uh which is important because the marine corps as a whole doesn't give a fuck about you like it they it really you let's be honest like they the marine corps does not give a fuck about you and it's just that's just the truth and i'm not trying to be like uh like negative or tech i'm not trying to be like critical in this in this re like in this context right now either um i'm just i'm just stating a reality at the end of the day that's why you're given a number you know um so you're a number at the end of the day and like it's important to have people in positions of power especially immediate positions of power that that help you forget that i think you know that like hey like it's like your job matters like and it's so funny you brought up the nfl analogy because one of my fucking 
favorite officers ever, like uh, Andrew Carlson, like represent. Uh, he's going to fucking Quantico now, I think. And then after that, he's he's going to get his co- fucking company command. Like that's gonna be super exciting. I'm super stoked for him. Um, but like I was there when he was a fucking lieutenant. You know, like I'm saying, <laughs> like he was a fucking he was a butter bar. Um, uh, when I was like a ju- when I was a junior RO in, in the company. And, uh, you know, we just really bonded. Like he was, he was a second platoon commander. We just kind of just like really bonded and stuff. Um, and, you know, have building relationships with, with like men like him and, um, and other officers and especially NCOs, like, and, you know, staff NCOs, like that's, I think it's just fucking, uh, it makes all the world difference of your, of your experience within the Marine Corps you know and like those were the guys like i'm like that you know that i name drop like those would be the guys that would show up like i said they they would be the yeah. ones to show up at the smoke pit when one of their guys like carlson i guarantee you like you ask anyone in his platoon like if one of his dudes was having like a going away or whatever like and they were doing it in the smoke pit at the bricks like he would fucking show up 100 percent show up like um and a lot of those guys would uh, and I think they understood like the power, like the smoke pit, you know, like the, I think they respected the power of the smoke pit. They, they, they knew that I think the energy um, of the night could very well, like the smoke, I would say the smoke pit's kind of like a conduit, like the con the smoke pit is the conduit um, for the barracks. Like you either leave your shit outside the bricks or you drag it into the smoke pit and then when you drag it into the smoke pit everyone gets involved so it's like you know think about it like all the times like when you go out and get fucked up like you come back to the bricks what's one of the first places you check you check the smoke pit to see who's out there like who you're gonna shoot the shit with before going back to your room or whatever like like that's just that's just like a, a like a ritual almost like um so like if you if you're going through shit or bringing fucking drama or fucking the night's drama or dragging it into like the smoke pit like that will definitely influence the overall vibe of the barracks. So like it's it, like it's a conduit to a degree as well. And and I know I know you motherfuckers have some <laughs> great pics from the smoke pit. <laughs> Post your fucking picture in the oh, smoke yeah. pit or tell a fucking story about the smoke pit in the fucking comments. I'm gonna fucking comment a picture of fucking me in the smoke pit. So my one of my favorite pictures of myself in the Marine Corps. I'm just fucking drunk as off, <laughs> drunk off my fucking ass, bro. I can't even fucking sit up in this fucking. Remember the chair right outside in Oki, um, right outside the comms barracks. It was yeah. a red chair, red mm-hmm. and white. Dude, it's fucking massive. I'm I'm fucking trashed, <laughs> laying back in this fucking this fucking chair, dude. I remember every time I said, hey, take a picture of me, bro. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Post picture in the fucking comments, bro. Let's let's see yeah, this. Let's yeah. see your let's see your smoke pit okay, stuff. Yeah, smoke smoke pit stories, smoke pit pictures, fucking all that shit. <laughs> what a great time! What a great time to be alive back then. <sighs> it's crazy to think about when I reflect, like how much time I I spent in the smoke pit without being a smoker myself. Like, like just just to be there, yeah, just to be around. Yeah, just yeah. to be around what was going on, dude. Just to sit around and just fucking just shoot the shit with the dudes and and fucking whatnot. It's, 
it's crazy bro like that's I mean, the that's shit like, think about getting this nostalgia whatnot oh yeah like <laughs> i i was definitely a smoker and it was more so like i would vape during the day and then at night when i drink i drink i smoke i smoke i drink <laughs> so i loved fucking we were in japan out in the bars because you could fucking smoke in the bars yeah so that, that's 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 some that's some good shit it's like this the smoke pit travels it fucking yeah. travels <laughs> <laughs> like a little fucking caravan like a like a, a mummer's fucking caravan that's <laughs> looking nice oh shit man do you have any uh you have any last thoughts yeah um fucking hit up your fucking boys reach out reach out to reach out to your boy that mm-hmm. you had one of the best fucking stories with in the smoke pit and fucking hit him up and just fucking send that story towards him and see how he fucking acts. See how that much that bright in somebody's fucking day, dude. Yeah. Call boy up. Tell him a fucking memory. Tell him what's up. All right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Or fucking, this is something that I do. I have virtual smoke sessions with the homies. Like, you know, it's like I, you know, we can't sit next to, I can't fucking pass the duchy to that left hand side. You know, I can't, I can't do that physically. But what we can do is sit, catch up, you know, take fucking, you know, 20, 30 minutes out of your day just to hit up a homie, sess with them, fucking, um, and reflect during that time. And you never know, like, you know, the conversations, uh, could last forever, which, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I never, mm-hmm. I never not, I never talked to one of my homies and not feel good about it afterwards, obviously, you know, like, you know, I think I was actually reflecting one of my conversations with one of my closest friends, Drew. Um, He, uh, like, just, we, call, we called each other. We were playing, like, phone tag, finally got a hold of each other and fucking, uh, I think we might have said goodbye on the phone probably, like, three or four times, and, and, like, we still just kept talking, you know? It's, like, one of those things, like, uh, like, the homies matter. You matter. Um, so, reach out. Touch somebody. (laughs) Fucking get after it. Um, well, here we are. You stuck with us all the way to the end. We thank you for listening. We want our listeners to know that if your pack becomes too heavy, don't drop it. The Veterans Crisis Hotline can be reached at 1-800-273-8255 or dialing 988. Or if you're on any veterans line with the VA, press 7. If you'd like to enjoy more content, don't forget to subscribe. Semper Fi, and keep rolling on. Yeah. Hey.